Hi, I'm Alan Tepper. Today on Beyond Podcasting, episode 12, we're joined in the studio by Emmy Award-winning actor and voiceover talent Memo Sauteda and audio engineer Rafael Pereira. We'll be doing a bird's-eye view of the Rodecaster Pro and then announce the new 48 kilohertz alliance, including 18 podcatchers and players I personally tested for perfect 48 kilohertz playback. Thanks for tuning in to beyondpodcasting.com, where we recognize that your online radio show is much more than just a podcast. Your show can be broadcast live, which is not a podcast. Your show can be heard on a website, which isn't a podcast either. Of course, your online radio show can and should also be syndicated as a podcast via RSS, where your listeners can subscribe using a standard podcatcher or your show's own branded app for Android and iOS. Beyondpodcasting.com covers microphones, interfaces, mixers, production software, recording techniques, best practices, and more. Now enjoy another episode of beyondpodcasting.com with your host, Alan Tepper. That's correct. I'm Alan Tepper, and this is episode 12 of Beyond Podcasting, and I'm joined here in the studio by Memo Salceda and Rafael Pereira. Thank you for the invitation, Alan, technical guru of everything electronic. Thank Thank you you very much. much. Welcome. Thank you very much. And we're going to be talking about this new wonderful device from Rode, and I'm just going to say what are the three microphones that we're using right now. Memo and I are using the Procaster from Rode, which is a dynamic cardioid XLR microphone. And Rafael is using the Pile PDMIC78 using the enormous presidential windscreen, which is known as the A81WS, which I love and I've covered in many articles before. Now we're going to talk mostly about the Rodecaster Pro, and then when we finish talking about the Rodecaster Pro, we'll talk about the 48 kilohertz alliance. I have already published, before I even received the review unit of the Rodecaster Pro, I've already published three articles. I think it's the first time in history that I write three articles about a product or a device before I even receive it. Usually it's a maximum of one, like a preview or a first look, and then I do the review. But this, there have been so much to say about it that I've actually written even more about it before. So if any of the listeners haven't read yet my articles so far about it, we're going to be doing a bird's eye view of what its capabilities are. It's a four input mixer. In other words, it has four XLR inputs with optional phantom power. Right now we're not using the phantom power, but it is available. In fact, I tried it and it worked with the SS1 from Simple Sound Company, which I reviewed recently, but we're not using that right now. So if you're evaluating the quality of the preamps right now, we're doing them straight without any phantom power and without any pre-preamplifier in front of the Rodecaster Pro's own preamps and A-to-D converters. We're hearing it as it comes. And we are using these microphones, which I like very much how they sound but they are quite sensitive to plosives. And I learned from Memo many years ago the technique that Memo taught me about speaking at a 45-degree angle to avoid plosives without having to use any type of windscreen or pop filter. Exactly, yeah. And I ordered them, but they have not arrived yet. So today we are using the Bear Procaster microphones. And we are, at least I am trying, because Memo is much more experienced with it than I am, to avoid doing any plosives 
while we speak today because they have not arrived and we're very anxious to get this episode out so people learn about the Roadcaster Pro and also about the new alliance that we're going to be talking about later in the episode. So it's a four input mic mixer. It also has other inputs for telephone or tablet via TRRS, which I've covered in my articles about TRRS, which is one of the most popular articles I have in ProVideoCoalition.com. And there's also the capability of connecting a telephone or a tablet via Bluetooth. And that can be a standard phone call, which is limited to a very narrow frequency range. And when you digitize for it, it's 8 kilohertz. So it's very, very narrow. Or it can also work with those same devices, whether it's a smartphone or a tablet. It can use with something that gives us much higher quality, even studio quality, if we use something like CleanFeed, which I've covered before and actually interviewed one of the partners of CleanFeed. Or you use something like Discord or some other remote live system where you can get high quality audio live from a remote location, much better than when you can get with a standard telephone and there have been some confusion. Someone compared whether it's better to use this input on the Roadcaster Pro or one of the other systems as if they were mutually exclusive. They are not mutually exclusive. You can use any of those things like CleanFeed or Discord or even Skype on a phone or a tablet through those inputs of the Roadcaster Pro. So using those inputs on the Roadcaster Pro doesn't limit us. We can use either standard telephone or something much better than that. Google Voice. You could use Google Voice too, yes. Or you could use the you could use the Google Voice service using the Hangouts app on a smartphone or a tablet. That would absolutely work. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be my best choice, but it could, it could work, yes. So we have the virtual carts. In fact, you heard the opening of Beyond Podcasting, and it was played from the top left button. The red one, and it was very impressive, Alan. Yeah. I mean, yes. the, the thing looks beautiful, and, and uh, when you push the red button, it just came out. So it's beautiful the way it works. Yes, and by the way, via the software that they offer for Mac and Windows to upload clips for that, you can actually set the colors that you want them to be. So you can change the color that you want the LED because they're behind the button there's an LED that has okay. different possible colors. So I, I left that at the default. I had enough to do just to load the clips that we were going to be using today, but you could change the colors to any other color that you want. In addition to that, it has four outputs for four headphones, because if you're going to have awesome. four microphones, then you could potentially have the need to have everyone monitoring. Today, Memo and I are using headphones and Rafael is without a headphone, but we could connect all of the microphone or all of the guests with a headphone so that they could hear either a remote guest or some sound bite that we might play later or something like that. A little foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have built-in compressor and gate and a little bit of equalization. And for that, Rode has partnered with a company called Apex. I am more familiar with compressors from other manufacturers like DBX and Symmetrix. I don't know about you, Rafael, because you're a sound engineer. Yeah, I, I always use, uh, or in the past, <laughs> uh, DBX effects okay. and compressor. Uh, yeah. So I have become aware since Rode made this partnership with Apex for the Rodecaster Pro that the standalone devices from Aphex are about $1,000 each. So if you were to get Aphex, that would mean that they would be $4,000 just for the compressor gate limiter. Mm -hmm. But in the world of DBX, 
One of the most common one that I've heard about, and I have friends who have used, is the DBX-286S. Are you familiar with that one, Rafael? Yes, yes. Okay. And those are $200 each. So if you were to get four of those, that would be $800 just for the compressors, not counting the price of the mixer, something to play back the virtual carts. Mm -hmm. And the mixer would have to be one that would be capable of mix minus. And the mix minus works automatically on the two inputs, which are the Bluetooth and the TRRS. They work automatically. It's foolproof. I applaud our colleague, Ray Ortega, who has made videos to teach people how to set up a mix minus on a mixer that has sufficient auxiliary buses. But this makes it simple. It makes it much less intimidating. You just plug it in and it works. And those are the inputs that allow the automatic mix minus. Even though this mixer also has a USB, which is bi-directional, it can be used both as an input and an output, and we are using it today to record simultaneously on Hindenburg Journalist Pro on my MacBook Air, simultaneous with the recording that we are making inside of the Roadcaster Pro. It can also be used to play back audio clips from a computer to the Roadcaster Pro. However, there is not mix minus with that connection. So if you want to do anything with mix minus, in other words, a remote guest, whether it's a, a standard telephone call or something through Discord or something through CleanFeed, you want to do that on a smartphone or a tablet or even a computer with TRRS. It can be a computer because many computers have TRRS also, but you need to do it through that input so that the mix minus will work. So that's important to keep in mind. And remind us the price of the Rodecaster Pro. $599. So compare that with the $800 it would be just to get four of the 286, the DBX-286S. And also you have a branch, the uh, headphone branch. Yes, we have a built-in for output headphone distribution amplifier with individual output levels for each one. Mm -hmm. So it's not expensive when you think about everything that's built into this device. It's just amazing what they have done for the price. And many people had complained that it didn't have multi-track, but now they have just announced that they are doing a free firmware update in February of 2019 to yeah. add multi-track capability optional. It doesn't mean that it, you have to do it. You can just do a, a standard stereo recording if you want to but you have the option to turn it on and then you get individual tracks, tracks for each one so you have more control in post-production. If you, if you want it, you can get it. Just turn it on after the firmware update has come out and installed, of course. And that's free? Yes, it's oh. a free update. No. Give me one. <laughs> so in any case, right now, the way we're set up right now, I have, after doing some offline testing, I've set things up primarily for these Procaster microphones, which are where I did my initial testing. And I set things a certain way, and I'm going to do a, a test recording this way. And then I'm going to ask Memo and Rafael, who have ears that are better tuned than mine, to see if they hear any difference when certain things are on or off. I'm not going to go through all of them because it would really take us way too long. So right now we have the compressor on, we have the high-pass filter on, which seems not to make a big difference with the Procaster microphone because its own frequency response seems to do that Anyway, I couldn't hear any difference with that. But with the ones that I would really like to get Memo's opinion and Rafael's opinion are with the Oral Exciter and the Big Bottom. The Big Bottom is a feature that's from Aphex. I didn't really hear a difference with that. And some of our colleagues who had already reviewed the Roadcaster Pro said that they could hear more mouth noises when they had the Oral Exciter turned on. 
Now, it's possible that because of the fact that before I went to these settings, I told the Rodecaster Pro that these were the Procaster microphones, which are a particular microphone. You know, it comes with certain presets for Rode microphones, and then it has standard ones for dynamic microphone and condenser microphone. And then manually, you can set whether or not you want to have phantom power on or off. I did notice that if you select that the microphone is condenser, then by default, it turns on the phantom power. It makes sense. Of course, you could shut it off if you had a condenser microphone that only works with internal batteries or something like that. And there are microphones like that. In fact, I think Memo has a lavalier that works that way, yeah, right? Exactly. With exactly. Batteries. So it's good that they point you in, in the right direction, but they allow you to change it if it's not appropriate for the situation that you might have. I think that's really cool. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to read my standard text the way we're set up right now with this microphone. I'll read it and then I'll record it one other way, like I'll turn on the oral exciter and then sequentially I'll turn on the big bottom and then I will stop the recording. You, the listener, won't notice that I stopped the recording. I will have Memo and Rafael listen to it and get their comments and then I will start to record again and we will see what their expert ears say about whether there's a difference. It's possible that with the Procaster, since it's set as a preset, that maybe it knows the equalization of the microphone and it decides not to do certain things because I could really not tell much of a difference. And of course, I don't want to have anything that would exaggerate mouth noises except during a test like what we're about to do. So anyway, right now, we have the oral exciter off and the big bottom off, and we, what we have on is the compressor, the high-pass filter, and the noise gate. The noise gate kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with a recent episode that I did when we had Curtis Judd as a guest, and we talked about different auto mixers and how they can help us, especially in a live situation, to eliminate the crosstalk between different microphones because there's always a natural spill. Even if you have a perfectly treated room, which is not where we are now, it's certainly not perfectly acoustically treated. But even if you were in one, there's always going to be spill. The way that I have solved that issue before is by recording multi-track uploading those multiple files to Alphonic using their multi-track cross-gating. And that's how I have solved it. But now I can do it live thanks to the noise gates built into the Rodecaster Pro. So it's kind of like we could say that it's an automatic mixer like the other ones that Curtis Judd and I talked about on a previous episode. So I think that's really, really good that we're getting all of these capabilities built in. So I'm going to read my standard text with our current settings. Then I'll change one of them. Then I'll change another one and then we'll listen and get comments. Spanish Constitution, Part 3, my translation in English. Castilian is the official language of the state. All Spaniards have the obligation to know it and the right to use it. The other Spanish languages shall also be official in their respective autonomous communities according to their statutes. The richness of Spain's diverse linguistic modalities represents our national heritage and shall be the object of special respect and protection. Now I have turned on the oral exciter, and I'll read the same standard text. Castilian is the official language of the state. All Spaniards have the obligation to know it and the right to use it. The other Spanish languages shall also be official in their respective autonomous communities according to their statutes. The richness of Spain's diverse linguistic modalities represents our national heritage and shall be the object of special respect and protection. Now I've turned on the big bottom. Castilian is the official language of the state. 
All Spaniards have the obligation to know it and the right to use it. The other Spanish languages shall also be official in their respective autonomous communities according to their statutes. The richness of Spain's diverse linguistic modalities represents our national heritage and shall be the object of special respect and protection. Now I will turn those two off and I will change the settings of my voice in the voice settings before I stop the recording and get the opinion of Memo and Rafael. Up until now, my tone has been medium voice and my strength has been strong. I have a suspicion that the strength only changes the threshold of the gate, but our expert ears will tell us in a few minutes. So now I'm changing it to deep voice. Castilian is the official language of the state. All Spaniards have the obligation to know it and the right to use it. The other Spanish languages shall also be official in their respective autonomous communities according to their statutes. The richness of Spain's diverse linguistic modalities represents our national heritage and shall be the object of special respect and protection. Now I have it set to high voice. Castilian is the official language of the state. All Spaniards have the obligation to know it and the right to use it. The other Spanish languages shall also be official in their respective autonomous communities according to their statutes. The richness of Spain's diverse linguistic modalities represents our national heritage and shall be the object of special respect and protection. Now I've gone back to medium voice and I'm just going to change the strength. And for that one, I will only read the first line because it's getting long. So I'll put it on soft. Castilian is the official language of the state. All Spaniards have the obligation to know it and the right to use it. Back to medium. Castilian is the official language of the state. All Spaniards have the obligation to know it and the right to use it. Now I put it on strong. Castilian is the official language of the state. All Spaniards have the obligation to know it and the right to use it. Now I will stop the recording to get the opinion of our expert ears and we will continue. Beyondpodcasting.com And our four expert ears, because each one has two ears, so we had four expert ears listening with stereo headphones, and we are going to get a short comment from Memo and then some longer comments from Rafael. Exactly. So my expert ears are, are not as expert as Rafael, so I couldn't pinpoint the little nuances in between the settings. And I work with my voice. So even for me, that I hear voices all the time, I couldn't hear any difference. So for the layman person that uses this is not that big a difference, I think, the setting that he will use. Rafael has a more direct and more specific comments about this. And maybe you should always go with a, with a via media. <laughs> Set everything in the middle and you'll be safe, which is what I do when I don't know what I'm doing with, with new equipment. In fact, I, I agree with your voice. I can hear the best choice for your voice is in exactly in the middle. As I had said it for my default before, my mm. default, not Rhodes' default, but my default, okay. based on doing some offline testing. But I'm going to ask you specifically about the few things that we changed. So the oral exciter, did you notice any difference with that? Yes, I can hear a little bit difference. The highest in your voice 
Yeah, I noticed. I noticed. It's maybe it's a little bit distracted for me because you can hear too much the sound of the mouth or, or, or something. Exactly. I think Bandrew, one of our colleagues who also reviewed the Roadcaster Pro, I think he said the same thing about oh. the Oral Exciter. And what about the big bottom? Did you notice any difference with that one? I can't hear a uh, difference in, in this bottom because maybe I don't know. It's, uh, it might be because since we set the preset of the Procaster and Rode knows the frequency response of this microphone, okay. maybe it's always on or maybe it's always off when they know that it's the Procaster yes, microphone. The, the, the console recognize your your microphone well because i told it in the presets I, mm. it, it asked me it first asked me is it any of these from Rode? Mm -hmm. is it a generic dynamic or is it a generic condenser from a brand that's not Rode? Okay. so it's possible that they keep that into in mind when they handle that particular microphone how about the string oh yes we we have the part with the tone and the string and you did hear differences with all of those right yes when you press the I don't know, where's the, the last one? The last one, when the strength is in strong. In strong, I can hear something about the feedback and the microphone in your voice, like a hum in the sound in, in your voice. Maybe it, this is the only... This is strong, this is medium. Yeah. Okay, which one did you like better? This one. <laughs> medium, okay. Yeah, medium. From now on, I will leave both of them in medium, both the tone and the strength. Yeah, this is my... my... No, opinion. I appreciate that. Well, the beginning of the program has been with me, with my tone in medium and my strength in strong, because I thought that it was better for the gate. But now that I have heard this recommendation from Rafael, from here forward, I'm going to leave both of them in medium. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so it's up to you. Do you want us to continue to repeat this with the pile microphone, or do you think that's enough information? If you want, we can uh, do it. Let's do it. Why not? Okay. And that's the case. Then probably we should do it with Memo's voice. That's a good idea. because Memo's Rafael, and that microphone. Yes. Rafael knows my voice very well because he usually is my audio engineer all the time. So he knows very well the little nuances that my okay. voice has. So Memo is going to switch to the pile microphone. And I'm going to read number one. Only number one. So... Actually, I'll read number three, which is the longest. Okay, I am going to the settings of input four, which is the one where we have the pile connected. Currently, on input four, we have the oral exciter inactive and the big bottom inactive. We do have the compressor on and the high-pass filter on and the noise gate on, so go ahead, Memo. The richness of Spain's diverse linguistic modalities represents our national heritage and shall be the object of special respect and protection. And now we've turned on the oral exciter for input four. Go ahead. The richness of Spain's diverse linguistic modalities represents our national heritage and shall be the object of special respect and protection. And now I've turned on the big bottom for input four. The richness of Spain's diverse linguistic modalities represents our national heritage and shall be the object of special respect and protection. I can notice. You, you can notice the high frequency. A little bit. I work <laughs> always with Memo, and yes, the the difference is very, 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 very highest. But what is the difference? I was not hearing. So your your voice is very highest with the uh, uh, 
what is the the, na the name? The exciter. The exciter. The oral exciter. Yeah, it's very highest in in the in the pitch. No, the pitch. No, the the tone change. Uh, in other words, it boosts the high frequencies. Yes. Now it boosts the high frequencies. <laughs> Does it also do a little bit of like digital manipulation of the high frequencies to make them like vibrate or something like that? Yes, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't like uh, okay. honestly. <laughs> I, I prefer okay. the RSL. Well, it's on right now. I'm turning both of them off now for input four, okay. which is the one where you are. Okay. So now you, you should sound better to our listeners, <laughs> at least as far as the oral exciter is concerned. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as the big bottom, tell us what you thought about that. I can't notice. Um, okay, nothing. so even with the Pile microphone, mm -hmm. which is set up in the system as a generic dynamic microphone, you couldn't really... No, maybe the headphones can reproduce the... the reproduce those frequencies? Yes, maybe, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I can't hear. Maybe okay. the, the people in, the, in his house with speakers or something can... Can notice a difference. Yes. To wrap what we're talking about with the Rodecaster Pro, I'm amazed with everything that it can do. Please, listener, don't think that we have covered everything. That's why we have my articles in Pro Video Coalition. There have already been three and there will be at least one more. So do you guys have any comments or, or questions to talk about before we switch gears here? For the price, this is an amazing option for all the things that it has. So I highly recommend it. No much buttons. The hardware looks amazing. It's nice. BeyondPodcasting.com. This episode of Beyond Podcasting is brought to us in part by Google Fi, my favorite mobile telephony and data service since 2015. Did you know that Google Fi works both in the United States and over 200 other countries, and the data outside the U.S. costs the same as here? Even though I use it with my Pixel XL, which is specially optimized for the service, Google Fi now officially works with the iPhone too. In fact, I use one of the free data SIM cards from Google Fi in my iPhone SE, which I use as a portable two-track audio recorder using the Rode SC6L 48kHz interface, which I've covered in several articles. With Google Fi, there's no extra monthly fee for additional data-only SIM cards for tablets, laptops with a SIM card slot, or even an extra smartphone. Save US $20 for a limited time by visiting Fi beyondpodcasting.com. Fi is spelled F-I as in Fantastic International, and you can save US $20 by visiting fi.beyondpodcasting.com. And by Descript, the transcription, text, audio, captions, and subtitle editor, which automatically transcribes your audio into text, allows you to correct that auto-transcription edit the text, and have the audio reflect the corresponding changes instantly. Descript is now available for both Mac, Windows, and even a web version for Chromebooks. As a special bonus for Beyond Podcasting listeners, for a limited time, you can get your first 100 minutes of auto transcription free by visiting descript.beyondpodcasting.com. That's a special link, and Descript is spelled D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T. Get your first 100 minutes free by visiting descript.beyondpodcasting.com. Now, back to the show. Beyondpodcasting.com So now we will talk about the new alliance, which is called the 48 kilohertz alliance. As many of my listeners and friends have known, I've been an evangelist for 48 kilohertz production and distribution for decades already. 
And I believe it was in 2016 that I published my article called All Audio Production and Distribution Should Go 48 Kilohertz. You probably have seen it, Rafael and, and Memo. You've probably yes. seen that article before, at least the reference to it in, in other articles, because I refer to it a lot when I review equipment and everything. And I've always been a promoter of doing that. But a couple of weeks ago, I was a little bit uh, affected by one of our colleagues said on his show, I'm going to play what Rob Walsh said on the feed, and we will go from there. He said something that was so strong that it actually catapulted me into create the 48 kilohertz alliance. So this is what Rob Walsh said in episode 135 of the feed on January 8th, 2019. Then Apple recommends either 44.1 kilohertz or 48 kilohertz. Never go with 48 kilohertz. It causes players to chipmunk. So right there is, is reason enough to go, huh? You know, matter of fact, whenever I see a podcast encoded at 48 kilohertz, I go, oh, there's somebody that doesn't know podcasting. Well, that hurt, Rob, but <laughs> at the same time, I'm glad that you did it because you catapulted me into creating the 48 kilohertz alliance. And I know Alan, I have known Alan for a long time, and I've never seen him this mad with someone, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, I love Rob Walsh. I think he's a really great guy. I think he's been one of the most important people in the community known as the podcasting community, although I think it's much broader than that. I think he's also valuable for the community of audio content producers in general, not just podcasters. So I really appreciate and I am in agreement probably with 99.9% .9 of everything that I've ever heard Rob Walsh say. But uh, this. <laughs> but this, exactly. This is a, a major exception. And in order to prepare for the 48 kilohertz alliance, I actually tested 18 different podcatchers and players, and I'm going to go into detail about that. But in addition to that, I want to talk about how successful I have been distributing content many different ways, including as podcasts. I want to clarify that with my Capicua FM show, which is a show that's not in English, but it's the most long running of my active shows, I've had a pretty good track record about this. You actually won an award recently, the, if I'm not mistaken, the Latin Podcast Award? Exactly. Within the last two months, the show Capicua FM won this award, and it has a pretty good track record in terms of number of listens. I think and you have like 400,000 plays? Yes. Is over 400,024 in over 170 countries, according to PodTrack. And has someone complained about hearing never, the podcast like... Never, never. We get, we get a lot of positive feedback from all over the world, but we've never had anyone say anything like that. So I want to talk a little bit about what the Alliance is about. So I want to talk about the philosophy, the official philosophy mm -hmm. of that, and then I'll go into more detail about the players that I tested. But just a, a brief summary of our philosophy. 48 kilohertz is our audio sampling standard for all of the reasons I expressed in my original article, all audio production and distribution should go 48 kilohertz. It's not about the slight superior audible quality of 48 kilohertz. It's really about two things that I'm going to read for you. One, being compatible with the video world. Even audio-only production should, at least occasionally, be part of a video documentary or a video promo. And therefore, we should facilitate it, not complicate it. When a professional video crew comes and they want to take clips, 
we shouldn't make their life difficult. We should make it easy for them. And second, making our production standard match our distribution standard for 99% of the listeners so that only 1% needs to suffer a downsampling and 0% ever has to suffer an upsampling, which is even less desirable. So thank you, Rob, for catapulting into, in, into creating the 48 kilohertz alliance. I really love everything that you do, but I disagree with this point. And I appreciate that you said what you said, because otherwise I may have never created the 48 kilohertz alliance. So thank you very much, Rob. So what, what's going to be on that alliance? Is it going to be a website or... The domain 48kilohertzalliance.com goes to a subpage of beyondpodcasting.com mm -hmm. and it has a wiki, a private wiki and knowledge base where many different devices and pieces of software and even shows are listed like a wiki page or mm -hmm. you're familiar with Wikipedia, you know how wiki works. Mm -hmm. okay, you can share the information. In fact, the before I read the list of the, the players that I tested, the 18 players and podcatchers that I tested, I want to let you know that the roadcaster is 48 kilohertz exclusive and has won an award already from the 48 kilohertz alliance. Something else that has won an award from the 48 kilohertz alliance is Chris Curran's show because his show is distributed at 48 kilohertz and he actually uses Libsyn to host his audio files and that's where Rob Walsh is the vice president. Whoa. So it's kind of ironic. So I'm going to go through the list of the 18 that I've tested so far. By the time you listen to this, I will probably have tried more, but so far I have tested the Apple podcast player for iOS, Beyond Podcatcher player for Android, the Blueberry Embedded player on the web, the CastBox podcast radio music for Android, the Google Podcasts podcatcher and player, Libsyn's own embedded web player where I played Chris Curran's podcast engineering school and it played perfectly with no chipmunking. And when Rob is a vice president? Of? Yes. <laughs> And I downloaded his file to verify. And in the article that will be associated with this episode, you will see a screenshot that proves that that episode of Podcast Engineering School, which is episode 115, is indeed encoded in 48 kilohertz and plays perfectly in the Libsyn web player. It also played perfectly, and I tested all of them with a couple of my episodes plus the Podcast Engineering School episodes, except for Libsyn, since I don't currently host with Libsyn. I couldn't test my own show with the Libsyn player, but I tested the, the Podcast Engineering School thanks to Chris Curran, who didn't even know that I was doing this <laughs> test, but he's now won the award, so he'll be happy. I also tested LucidPod, which is for Android, Overcast, which is for iOS. I tested Podcast and Radio Addict, played fine, no chipmunking. I tried, well, I didn't have to do a specific test because it, this is my favorite podcatcher, which is Pocket Casts, played perfectly, no problem. I tested the podcast app by Player FM, played the 48 kilohertz with no problem. Podcast Republic for Android, no problem. Radio Public's player, I tested it on Android, iOS, and web, no problem, no chipmunking. I tested Spotify on the web, on Android, and iOS, no problem. I tested the Spreaker Podcast Radio app for Android and iOS, played 48 kilohertz, no problem. Even though I know that Spreaker downsamples to 44.1 if you do live, 
But when you play a file, they don't do it because it would be too intensive for them to do it. They only do it when you're going to stream. Okay. But if you're going just to play a, a file or download a file, they leave it native. But either way, it doesn't chipmunk. I've, I've tested that both ways. The Spreaker embedded web player played 48 kilohertz, no problem. And the way I did that one, even though I do not host with Spreaker, Spreaker does a pass-through of the Capico FM show. In fact, in the article, I have a link so that any of the listeners who wants to verify that, they'll be able to click and see Capico FM as a pass-through show on Spreaker on the web, and it plays the 48 kilohertz with no problem. I tested Stitcher on Android and iOS and on the web. I tested TuneIn, Android, iOS, and on the web. So that's 18 that I tested personally. And in addition to that, even though I do not own a BlackBerry or a Windows phone, in the article you will see that I have links for their official specs and they officially support 48 kilohertz playback. So I have not found any player that causes a problem with chipmunking when playing back a file this way. And I've covered in articles and I will continue to do it about how to handle it if you're going to do live broadcasting and you want to have a local recording at 48 kilohertz and you deal with something other than Spreaker because I already discovered that the Spreaker Studio app for iOS automatically downsamples it. So it doesn't cause any chipmunking problem there either. So I am excited about the Alliance, the 48 kilohertz Alliance. And I am thankful to Rob for saying what he said, because even though it hurt, it catapulted me into creating, creating. this alliance. So that's nice. great. And, and it, maybe it happened to him a long, long time ago and, and he never checked it again. Yes, perhaps he was using some old MP3 player from exactly. the 90s or something like that. And I think it's time to modernize. And, and as I cover in the article that uh, will be published at the same time that this episode comes out, there are certain platforms that I know that only accept 44.1, but they should be exception. They should be the only ones to to suffer a single down sample not everything else have to suffer an up sample that is much worse yeah do you agree rafael totally i work for 20 years like a audio engineer and work in 48 like uh, eight years always uh, i and share my files my other files in 48 always for eight years ago or less. So it's been your standard too, even before you and I knew each other. This is my, my standard. It's 48, always. And since I started recording, the audio engineer that taught me how to use Pro Tools, he told me, just recording 24, 48. All the time, all the time. Well, that's my <laughs> standard and that's the Roadcaster Pro standard and that's Rafael's standard. Yes, so. Sir. It's our standard. <laughs> yes. And, and it should be your standard. <laughs> and it's, it's uh, Chris Curran from the Podcast Engineering School standard, too. So well, use it. Yeah. Yeah. So adopt it. Thank you. Let's talk about your websites before we close today. Memo can be found at memosauceda.com. Exactly. Award-winning voiceover talent and actor. Oh, and now I have a voiceover micro course. Oh. You want to know about oh. voiceovers? There's a micro course there or in YouTube as well. Wow, I didn't even know about that. That's wonderful yep. to know. It's in English, Spanish, uh, French, French, and Portuguese. Portuguese. Wow, I didn't know about that. Hot off the press. <laughs> and Rafael, do we have any website for you where yes. people can contact Rafa, you? RafaPereira.net. And that's R A F A P E R E I R A. Exactly. Dot net. Thank you for joining us today. It was <laughs> our been pleasure. Great. Thank you for showing us the 
Roadcaster Pro. Yeah. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Beyondpodcasting.com. I hope you enjoyed another episode of Beyond Podcasting. Remember to find all past, present, and future episodes, or to subscribe free, read articles, get consulting, purchase advertising, and more. Beyond Podcasting is the place to go. If you search for Beyond Podcasting in any other place, remember we spell Beyond Podcasting all together without any space. Until next time, I'm Alan Tepper. Some of the manufacturers mentioned on the beyondpodcasting.com show have contacted Alan Tepper and or Technotur LLC to carry out consulting and or translations, localizations or transcreations. Many of the manufacturers mentioned have sent Alan Tepper review units. Some links to third parties mentioned in the show may indirectly benefit Technotur LLC via affiliate programs. Alan Tepper's opinions are his own.